Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a human design expert, brain rewiring certified coach, and a high 7D energy healer. On this podcast, we talk about all things personal growth, brain rewiring, human design, energetics, mindset, and so much more. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Sandy L. Yang. I hope you feel empowered by what we talked about today. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. We are kicking off a series of brain rewiring episodes, starting with today's episode, Five Ways Brain Rewiring Helped Me Call in My Ideal Relationship. In this series, we are also going to cover how brain rewiring has helped me call in business growth, how I fucking went from struggling with scarcity, being someone who's always like worried about money, always checking her bank account, to calling in financial abundance, my soulmate clients and opportunities, as well as freedom in my career. We will also talk about how I rewired my brain for physical health. If you checked out the episode on how we hold on to energetic weight, I think this is episode 40, you know that I struggled so hard with body image and bloating. I say that in a light way now because it's not something that bothers me anymore, but like back in the day, I was struggle busting all day, every day. Um, It was like such a big focus of my life. It was very exhausting to constantly think that my body was working against me. But now, I would say 90% of the time, I feel pretty good in my body. I don't hyper-focus on it. I actually trust that my body and I are in a harmonious partnership. Like it's actually this vessel for my soul to experience and play in the world. And I just have to say, by truly believing that and embodying that, I freed up so much mental energy to actually do things that matter instead of like hyper-focusing on food and body image. So as you can see, lots of juicy episodes on brain rewiring to come. And make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you are notified when those episodes become available. If you don't follow me on Instagram already, what are you even doing? It is Sandy L. Yang, so S-A-N-D-Y-L-Y-A-N-G. I will be taking any listener questions on brain rewiring topics in the next few weeks, so make sure you are connected with me on Instagram in order to get your questions answered in future episodes. So it has been a while since we talked about brain rewiring in depth on the podcast. Like, of course, I mentioned it here and there, but if you're new here or if you're not completely clear on what it is, brain rewiring is essentially a tool that helps you shift your limiting beliefs into empowering beliefs that actually serve you. So the beliefs you hold on to determines how you think, act, and feel. 
Those things shape you as a person and determines what you are and are not able to achieve in the world. Your beliefs affects how you perceive the world and everybody sort of perceives the world a little differently. For example, it is wild when I think about I used to see money as this hard thing to come by. Like I need to try really hard, work a lot in order to make money. But there are other people in the world who just feel very deserving of money just very naturally. Like if they have an unexpected expense comes up, they don't even stress about it. They just trust that there's so much money to go around and somehow that amount would just come back to them in some unexpected way. And there are things that come very easily to me. Like I don't really have much scarcity to deal with when it comes to romantic relationships. Not saying I don't have problems in those relationships. In fact, we'll talk about them later on in this episode. But I just never really worry like if I break up with this partner, then I'm going to be alone forever or where is the next partner going to come from. I don't really worry about that. I fully, fully trust that if I feel ready for my next relationship, then it will just literally come in like a week if I really wanted it. Also, I just want to address what does perfect ideal relationship even mean. I really don't believe like that is a thing. There's no such thing as a perfect relationship. In fact, every relationship is a work in progress. When you decide to go into partnership with somebody, you're basically deciding like you are going to, in many aspects, do life with this other person for as long as it works. That means supporting each other and having this interdependent relationship. If you have been in a relationship, you know that our partners are like one of the most triggering people ever. Like the universe sends you people that will help you grow. That means trigger you so you can heal your wounds and expand you so you can reach your higher potential. Nobody is your enemy, nobody is your friend, everyone is your teacher. So being a healthy relationship with someone is basically trusting that this person is triggering you out of love. And hopefully you want the best for each other. And if you're into things like past lives and Akashic records, things of that sort, you are familiar with the concept that you know, we have contracts with people, like maybe someone is only supposed to be in your life for three years, they're supposed to teach you XYZ lessons. And after that is like mission accomplished. This relationship just doesn't have that spark anymore. And if you try to keep it going, it will also just feel forced. And you can disagree with me if you want. I personally don't believe that it is healthy to expect the whole like till death do us apart. Like if a relationship just doesn't work anymore, then it doesn't work. Obviously, like give it your best shot. But like 
if it doesn't work, you need to be honest. And if you won't let it go, not only are you holding yourself back, you're also holding the other person back. Personally, I just think that expecting somebody to be our person for the rest of our lives is like a lot to ask. It's like a lot of pressure. So, you know, take that pressure off. It's gonna work for as long as it is meant to work. Okay, let's talk about how I used brain rewiring to call in my ideal relationship. Again, ideal in quotes because ideal relationships do not exist. And if you feel like you've always had a hard time with dating and relationships, this is just something you're gonna struggle with forever, now that is a limiting belief. And we know that a limiting belief is just an illusion that feels like truth. And if you're tired of whatever illusions you're living in, know that you have the freedom and the tools in order to shift that. Okay, let's actually talk about calling in our ideal relationships. Ideal in quotes because ideal relationships do not exist. I am going to share some of the limiting beliefs that I struggle with in my past relationships and how I overcame those. Number one, I had to rewire my trust issues. A lot of our behaviors, whether healthy or unhealthy in relationships, are picked up from our parents' dynamic. And this is why inner child healing is so powerful because from age zero to seven, that is when your subconscious brain is forming. Like most of your core beliefs were formed from age zero to seven and our parental modeling really plays a huge role. This is not about blaming our parents for why do they act this way? This is their fault. This is just like understanding. Okay, this is like what caused my beliefs. And if you ever find yourself repeating a behavior that is unfavorable and you're just like, I don't really know why I keep doing this. I want to stop, but I just can't. That is when looking into your subconscious programming is really helpful. So let's talk about my trust issues. I think my parents did a really great job being parents and they are actually like a pretty good couple. Obviously, every couple has their own challenges. My mom is such a wonder woman. She is so capable and she just handled things like a boss. And I felt like I needed to live up to that. I felt like I needed to make money, like be the breadwinner and like be the loving mother and just be everything for everybody. And I will tell you that all the women in my family, like aunts, grandmothers, my mom, they're all like that. So it's like, it's great that they're all so resilient, but there was also a lot of never rely on a man, like don't count on them, they cannot be trusted, be so capable and independent. So if they ever leave you or if something were to happen, then you're covered. There wasn't a lot of modeling around asking for help from your partner, help asking for support. It was kind of like, don't get too comfortable or it's gonna all like backfire. 
And guess what? It was no surprise when I started to be in partnerships with people. I was always like protective of myself. Also, when you're so independent and capable, when you become just like the masculine energy, the provider of the partnership, you are energetically communicating to your, I'm assuming, male partner that you are the one who wears the pants and they can just like chill and just like lay back because everything is taken care of. And that is actually like emasculating and it's really funny because women complain to each other about their male partners being incapable all the time. Like we want them to initiate, provide, do things for us, offer protection, offer support, but we don't really give them the room to do so. It was like, yes, we want those things. But we also operate from the belief that if I don't do everything, then nothing gets done. And guess what? For a male to be forced into the feminine energy in this dynamic, it doesn't feel very good. That's when tension starts to build, bitterness starts to happen. Also, if you have trust issues, you can't fully let yourself just be you there's like kind of like a heart wall happening that doesn't allow your relationship to be as deep as you probably would like I actually also think that a lot of my trust issues came from witnessing betrayal and cheating in the adult relationships that were happening when I was little like that is very real. However, we need to realize, yeah, just because it was modeled to us is reasonable. It makes sense that we pick up this fear, but it doesn't have to be our story. You get to decide what your story is going to look like. In brain rewiring, I have my clients get really fucking crystal clear about how their authentic self, their higher self, thinks, acts, and feels like. How does this person dress? What does she believe in? How does she spend her time and energy? What kind of boundaries does she have? How does she communicate? How does she carry herself? What does she not tolerate? I know for me, my higher self, my authentic higher self, she's very loving, caring, she has a huge heart, but she also cannot be fucked with. She has strong as fuck boundaries and because she respects herself, her partner naturally respects her. She knows with every fiber of her being what she is worthy and deserving of. By getting really clear on who your higher self is and getting familiar with this version of you through meditation in the brain rewiring process really helps you to start embodying this version of you, creating the reality you actually are excited about. All right, I think that's enough about trust issues. Let's move on to number two, communication. I think we can all agree that communication is, well, tremendously important in relationships. Everyone wants that in their relationship, but it is comical how so many people 
aren't actually communicating. Like I was on Hinge, the app, like a while back just to see what it's about, and literally every person I came across is like, "Oh, communication is like very important." And I was just like, "But do you really know how that works?" I've personally had to do a lot of work around this. This is like a huge throat chakra issue. I remember when I first started receiving energy healing, everybody I worked with was like. We did a lot of work around your throat chakra. It was blocked. It was off balance. It was weak. There were like things attached to it, and this is actually really common. When I was in relationships before, I was pretty avoidant. Like even today, I still lean towards avoidant. If you have heard of attachment theories, this kind of overlaps with the trust issue thing. Like. I didn't trust that I could fully be myself and ask for what I wanted in relationships. Well, and in general, to be completely honest, and you know what they say: how you do one thing is how you do everything. And as an avoidant person, I kind of wanted to seem like, oh yeah, like what you're doing, it doesn't bother me. You want to hang out with your friends that I don't like? I don't fucking care. In fact, I didn't even know you were gone, and the bitterness just kept building up. I would talk to my friends about what I wasn't happy with. I'll tell everyone besides my actual partner, and that was actually like very unhealthy. And it made me so mad that he would talk about our problems with his friends because he just needed to talk about those things with someone. So I was like, you know, like. If you want to talk about those, you need to talk about them with me. But I wasn't necessarily like in my integrity with that either. Another thing that was severely wrong with how I was communicating is that I wasn't being direct. Like I would like be around the bush and just expecting him to know what I was trying to get at. And you know what? Boys are not that sharp. Hate to break it to you, like I know so many women get this. Like when you are mad, you're not just mad about the thing he just did. It's like the fifty things that led to you being mad, and that's really what happens. Like when you let that bitterness build up over time, you explode, and. I don't know about you, but I can say some really nasty, hurtful shit. God, when I like look back at it, I cringe. This like terrible communication was just not a vibe because I'm over here feeling all the resentment and anger, and this other person would just be like, "I don't understand why you're so mad. Like this is unreasonable, and it's just a nightmare." So, ladies, I totally understand that. Tendency to want to just hint at things and dance around the bush, but he's not gonna get it, and you are going to come off as more respectable and more in your power if you just say what you want to say and ask for what you need. You know what's really funny? Men actually would love to provide. If you ask nicely and show gratitude, so really, like the block is why do you feel like you cannot ask for what you need? 
If there is a block, you need to look at where that is coming from. Where and when did you witness that it wasn't safe for you to speak up for your needs? I know for many people, it is because they were once told that they were too high maintenance as a child, that you are too much, or you were praised for how low maintenance you were. Either way, we were encouraged to not ask for what we need. And this is something I see in couples more often than I would like, but it's like we want to be over giving to the other person, but we don't ask to be fulfilled ourselves. So this becomes like a vicious cycle of over giving and feeling depleted and bitter. I know communication is a tricky one. It's like so obvious that we need to get better at it, but it is so tempting to not lead by example and just hoping for the best. And I know this is something I am working on, not only in partnerships, also with family, especially like for some reason, it is way easier to communicate clearly with people that, you know, we don't have that deep of relationships with, but with those we love the most is like trickier. One last thing I'll say about communication is that sometimes, actually a lot of times, we don't communicate clearly about what we want is because we don't actually know. Like we know exactly what we don't want, which is a good start by the way, but when it comes to specifically what it is that we do want, we sometimes forgot to even think about that deeply. And it is for sure a self-worth and deservingness thing. It's like when your self-worth isn't there, it's like, I didn't even know that's a thing I can have. And really when it comes to self-worth and deservingness, you can have whatever the fuck you want. And this is not in an entitled way. It is fully knowing with every cell of your being that if you want it, you can have it. We'll talk about self-worth and deservingness in another brain rewiring episode. So stay tuned for that. Moving on to the third thing that really helped me in calling in my quote-unquote perfect relationship is finding wholeness within myself. And don't roll your eyes at me. This is like life-changing stuff. If you grew up in the 90s, early 2000s, you probably watched a lot of Disney, like where the princes saved the princesses when the princesses were in distress. There were just like a lot of movies and songs about being a complete person once you find a relationship. I watched so much Sex and the City growing up and if you've seen that show, dude, I love that show. I still watch it sometimes today, just like in the background. But there's like a lot of BS around you are nobody until somebody loves you. I think that is actually a song. But in Sex and the City, which is like a huge show that influenced heavily people's dating life, the characters were always either in a relationship or they're looking for one. So after consuming enough of those media, it's very natural that it becomes ingrained in our minds that 
you need a partner in order to be whole. That is codependency, and that's not what we want in a relationship. We are worthy, whether we're single or partnered. To be honest, I was guilty of this myself. I was in a relationship that I wasn't happy with, but being in a relationship, just like being able to say that, and people knew that I had a boyfriend, it felt like my life was very much happening. I was doing something right. However, I was secretly so jealous of the single friends I had. It was like, you have so much freedom. You don't even know. I was like, oh, you're so lucky. You get to care about no one but yourself. And no, this is something you've heard over and over again. But if you're seeking wholeness from things other than yourself, you are going to feel incomplete forever. You're going to attract the wrong people. You're going to stay in codependency, which is like so non-magnetic. It is basically a vicious cycle. Okay, so how do we start finding wholeness within ourselves? I think it is very important that we realize a healthy relationship is when one whole person meets another whole person and they come together and they just become better. So they are already amazing versions of themselves, but finding this other person lifts them up even more. It's like they are happy on their own, but they are surprised how much happier they can be when they are with this other person. So if you feel like your life can be happier, you need to look at why. Like, why do you feel like a partner is what you need? If you're like, oh, I want a partner so I can feel supported by someone. Well, just entertain the question. How are you not fully supporting yourself? Because guess what? The problems you have right now as a single person doesn't get resolved when you get into a relationship. And in fact, more problems will arise in future relationships if you are not whole within yourself. And just going back to one of the previous points, when you think about the most magnetic, authentic, higher version of you, this person is probably whole. She's not looking for outside sources to validate her. Let's move on to number four, abundance mindset. So it depends on who you are, but when we talk about abundance, some people think about money. Some people think about love. Some people think about freedom. Just bringing sex and the city back. I remember there was this one episode where they were analyzing their chances of finding a decent partner because, you know, 50, let's say 50% of the world is male and then let's say another 50% of that is married. So that leaves this many people who are single and then we have to look at who are actually like age appropriate and actually decent human beings. And then they started freaking out because like when you look at it like that, the chances are pretty slim. And I've done this before. I've gone on hinge and be like, oh my god, who the fuck are all those people? Like, there are no decent men left in the world. This 
requires shifting out of scarcity mindset. Of course, like what we are most concerned with is what we tend to have scarcity mindset around. At this point, it's like, okay, how is it going to come to me? Like, I just don't see how it's going to happen. You need to lean into your self-worth and deservingness, which is knowing what is meant for you will not miss you. If you want it, you can have it. If what is meant for you will not miss you, then you're not really going to be so concerned about how it's going to get delivered to you. Our minds are actually pretty fucking limited. It only knows what is experienced or seen, but it is actually just as easy for the universe to deliver you a million dollars as it is for it to create a coin on the street. This was actually like a light bulb moment for me when I first realized this. Like, we don't need to be so concerned with how things are going to logistically happen. It's only our limited human minds that think those things. Another thing I'll say around abundance mindset is with my previous relationship that wasn't working out, I actually knew for a long time. I knew for a whole year before we did anything about it. At that point, I had heard so many people complain about online dating and just how frustrating dating is. And I was like, okay, well, if I leave this person, will I actually find someone better? Maybe this is the best I can do. And again, when I was in this relationship, a lot of friends of mine were single. So when I did tell some friends about it, it actually took so much courage because I wasn't one to bring up my own personal problems. Um, there were like this specific friend, she was like, well, you're really lucky, you should just be grateful for what you can have. And I was just like, oh, I wasn't really expecting that. Is that what gratitude is? Because if that's the case, that's pretty fucking lame. It kind of reminded me of, you know how some people be like, oh, don't waste your food, there are hungry kids in Africa. But it's like, okay, I'm in America and I have plenty of food. Does that mean I need to eat everything even though I'm full or like it doesn't taste good to me or it's not good for me? No, I didn't understand that I could be grateful and ask for more simultaneously. So if you didn't know, well, now you do. You absolutely deserve to ask for more. If ending a relationship that is not serving you, if you're in your self-worth, you will understand that. Maybe not every single second of your life, you're probably gonna have doubts creep up. If you end this from a place of empowerment, you are only making space for something better. Like, if not this, is something better. Every single fucking time. All right, number five. This is the last point that I'm going to share, but it is a good one. We've talked about feminine and masculine energy, and this is this topic deserves its own episode. It has its own module in my coaching program for my brain rewiring clients, so it's extensive. But for us to call in our ideal relationship, 
we need to lean into our feminine energy. And I've already talked a little bit about this earlier in this episode, but being in your feminine energy is important in a relationship, especially if you are in a heterosexual relationship and you identify as a female. We naturally want to be in our feminine energy to receive, to play, to flow. And we would want our male partners to be that grounding presence to provide, to protect, to hold space, to be in his empowered masculine energy. You know what? In order for that to actually happen, we need to allow them to be that. Look, nowadays, as empowered women, we expect ourselves to literally do it all. Like you're now supposed to have a super successful career, not relying on a man, be the CEO your parents wanted you to marry, but also be the nurturing mother, the loving wife that stands behind your man. You know the quote behind every successful man, there's a woman. Now we expect ourselves to be everything. As an empowered human being, you need to have a healthy balance of feminine and masculine energy. This actually doesn't have anything to do with gender. That healthy balance looks differently on everybody. Think of masculine energy as the cup and the feminine as the water within. So maybe in your career, you are more in your masculine, like you are the confident, calm, logical leader with the grounding presence, but you are in your feminine in your relationship where you are playful and sensual. So similarly, in a healthy relationship, think of the relationship as an entity, like an extension of you and your partner. There needs to be a healthy balance of masculine and feminine energy. And look, if you are a woman and you deeply want your partner to be protective, caring, and provide for you, that's actually completely natural. Like, it's fine. It is normal. You're not living in the 50s. I know it was really hard for me to be like, I want a partner to take care of me. Like, we're gonna take care of each other, but like, you know, I want someone who's like in their empowered masculine energy. Obviously, for a long time, I thought, you know, I should be like self-sufficient. How dare I want that? But now I'm like, it's chill. We can have it. In fact, when I was very much just in my masculine energy all the time, I was definitely in my masculine at work and that brought that home It was incredibly frustrating. It was like, this is weird, but like two male dogs, both wanting to be the alpha male. So there was like a lot of tension. And I just have to remind everyone, including myself, that ladies, it is fine for you to want to be in your feminine. It is your birthright, actually. Again, you can be in your masculine or feminine Everybody who's like thriving have a healthy balance of both. And there you have it. Five ways that brain rewiring helped me call in my ideal partnership. Everything we talked about regarding brain rewiring, inner child healing, raising our self-worth and deservingness, tapping into our masculine and feminine energy, 
shifting from scarcity to abundance mindset, all the things are covered in my brain rewiring coaching program. Definitely reach out if this is something you think you are interested in. I swear, brain rewiring helped me in so many ways. It is the ultimate manifestation tool. I will also be leading free trainings on brain rewiring topics live in the coming weeks. So if this is something you are eager to learn more about, make sure you stay tuned on the podcast, my Instagram, and my newsletter. You can find the links to all of the resources I just mentioned in the show notes. Make sure to send me a message about what you think of this episode. I would love to hear from you. Hope this has been helpful for you. Make sure you stay tuned for the episodes on brain rewiring to come. If you have any questions you would like me to address on the podcast, definitely let me know. Send me a message. I am so grateful for you for tuning in. And in case you forgot, you deserve the fucking world.